Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast with me, Jonathan Puddle. This is episode 77. If I can be real honest with you, I'm not feeling it today. I have, as my friend put it the other day, I feel like I've run out of stamina right now for being present to my children and my family and God and this podcast. (laughs) Just every day is like, God, I need fresh grace. I need fresh grace. I need fresh grace. So on that subject, I'm actually really happy to bring this episode to you today because my guest is absolutely delightful. Emma May Jenkins is a YouTuber and Instagrammer. She's uh, carved out quite quite a following for herself. She's a young woman speaking to to young women, but also to, to kind of everybody. She's got a book coming out uh, next week called All Caps You, which is a beautiful devotional. And I had a lovely time with Emma. She is a true, genuine delight to talk to, to be around. She is infectiously optimistic. And on a day like today, where I was really just not having it, uh, we, we didn't record this today. We recorded it a few weeks ago, but I edited it today. And I did find a smile coming back to my face. And I hope you can hear the smile in my face, because there is a smile on my face. I am finding that grace that I need in God. And I'm being honest with you all about my desperate need for it. Isn't this a weird time? It's a weird time. So anyway, I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let Emma's infectious optimism infect you with optimism. Uh, we start the interview at a point where I had just done some housekeeping and let her know a few details about my show, and then I'd asked her if she had any questions for me. And she um, hit me with a very unexpected question. So, here you go. Do you know how wonderful you are? <laughs> I have spent most of 2019 trying to come to terms with that exact issue. I felt God say to me in the beginning of January last year, it's time you learn to love yourself better. And so I I wouldn't say I have arrived, but I thank you for asking that question. And I have a pretty mm-hmm. confident belief in my wonderfulness thanks to my good creator. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is beautiful. I I love that. He's so good in how he like he wants us to see ourselves the way that he sees us and the way that he does it so gently and so graciously is so it's just it it blows my mind that literally the creator of the universe cares about how we know that we are beautiful because he made us that way. Yes. And so your story is so powerful and I'm so thankful for you. And that genuinely is my only question. And I'm inspired by your response. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by, by your response because honestly, there are adults who have had faith in the Lord their entire life. And, you know, have grown wise in the things of God and still struggle to accept that God made them good. Mm. I feel like what you're carrying, uh, and this is honestly, to be just let's just get into honesty. This is why I agreed to do the interview, was because I think you're carrying this fundamental truth that the next generations have to start with right? Like, we've got to start from this place of, I think, seeing what you just vocalized, seeing ourselves the way God sees us with those eyes of love. Uh, Because what could the world look like if we all went and did that and lived that way? Ah, amazing. Just incredible. Right? Mind-blowing. Yeah. So that's why I'm excited to talk to you, because... When I picked this up, I thought, I don't know this person. She looks super young and super bubbly. That's cool. Uh, And then I kind of flipped through it and I was like, oh, yeah, I like this. This is good. This is really good. So thank you for bringing us this book and for being yourself and, and being boldly, unapologetically you. 
Thank you. Wow. Wow. Of course. <laughs> of course. It's definitely a journey, a day by day, moment by moment. And wow, just it, it automatically when you were speaking made me think of John 8. Because um, in John eight thirty two it says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus is the truth. And whenever you know him and what he says about you and what he says about your purpose and and life, it's like you're able to walk freely in what he has spoken over you whenever you choose to believe it. And so just knowing him and knowing how he sees you, it it's very freeing. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? Tell me, tell tell us how how did you get to know Jesus? What is your romantic falling in love story with Jesus look like? <laughs> if I'm allowed to use that. Oh, <laughs> I love stories. Okay. So I am so grateful to say that I grew up in a home um, that as for us in our house, we feared the Lord. We served the Lord. We loved the Lord. And my mom and dad um, are believers and they love Jesus. And my brother is a believer and loves Jesus. And so that was the environment that I grew up in. Um, I truly don't remember a time in my life that I didn't believe that Jesus is alive and well and that he is who he says he is. Like, I truly don't remember a time that that wasn't the case for me, that I didn't love him. But all of that to say, there does come a point where each and every one of us get to personally decide what we believe and take ownership of that and decide whether or not we're going to live it out. No matter what your upbringing is, you individually get to decide what you're going to live. And that happened for me when I was, I was in eighth grade. So I was 14 years old and I was at a point in my journey where I loved the Lord, loved people, loved life. <laughs> I was very positive with everyone around me, loving and gracious towards people. But whenever it came to myself, I was very hard on myself. Mm. I had set this standard of perfection over myself. No one else had set it for me. <laughs> I had just assumed that I had to reach this level of perfection in order to be loved, in order to be defined in a good way, in order to be seen in a certain way that was good. Um, and it led to just being exhausted, yeah. like really just drained um, because that that's not how we were meant to live. And, um, and so I remember one night I was 14 and I was sitting on my bed and I was just in tears because I was almost just like paralyzed with fear, so afraid to even like take another step because that next step wasn't going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And so it was just trapped in this, in this vision that I, I could not measure up to this level that I felt as though I had to in order to be accepted. Yeah. Again, no one set that on me, but that's where I was. And my dad walked into my room and I think that that in itself is just such a powerful picture of our father in heaven because God loves us so much that he meets us right where we are, but he loves us way too much to leave us there. Mm -hmm. And just as my, my earthly dad walked into my room, my heavenly father met me right there too. And when my dad walked into my bedroom, he was like, Emma, what, like, what's wrong? Cause I'm normally not in that place of just in tears and so 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 sad and something I love about our home growing up is that nothing was taboo mm -hmm. there was nothing that we couldn't talk about it was four walls of safety really like we were a team where you didn't have to have a mask on you just showed up as as you for who you were, and we were going to walk this journey together. And so with that safety, I just poured my heart out to my dad. And I was like, Dad, I'm just exhausted. And this is happening. And I'm weighed down by this. And I feel like I feel like I can't even think because I'm going to think a negative thought. And I didn't even know how to take that negative thought captive. It was just, I felt chaotic. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And my dad points to my Bible on my bookshelf. And he was like, Emma, when was the last time that you just spent time alone with the Lord and his word? And I wanted to answer honestly. And so I just kind of sat there for a little bit. And I mean, we went to church every Sunday. I was so involved in my youth group. Like, I mean, it wasn't like I was running from God. I loved God and I loved his people. But I was like, Dad, I don't remember the last time I just want to be alone, just me and God hmm. in his word. And my dad said, Emma, when Jesus comes back, I'm not going to be there standing with you, holding your hand. It's just going to be you and him. And he's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or depart from me for I never knew you. And then my dad left the room. My dad just let me be alone with the Lord. And something that I look back on that moment um, and think on is the fact that Jesus isn't going to say, depart from me for you never said all the perfect words or depart from me for you never looked the perfect way or depart from me for you never, you never had this image um, that you thought would bring acceptance or that looked beautiful in the mirror. It, it was simply depart from me for I never knew you. I wanted a relationship with you. And so when my dad left my room, I, I just sat there on my bed and I, I remember picking up a devotional book and the devotional book was talking about a God girl. I opened it up. It wasn't even the first chapter. Why? Because I hadn't been reading my devotional book. <laughs> it was just the introduction. And so I opened up to the introduction of this Devo and and said, the God girl is the girl who wakes up before the rest of the world does to listen to what it is her heavenly father is wanting to tell her. And I remember sitting there and those tears of heaviness and exhaustion turned into tears of excitement. And the best way I can explain it to you is that it was like fireworks were bursting off in every in every fiber within me. I began to get so just giddy. And I began to tell the Lord, like, I just want to know you. And just in, I mean, in tears, I just want to know you. I want to know what makes you happy and what makes you sad. And I want to know if you like chocolate too. And I want to know who you really are and who you've called me to be. And that began such an intimate and freeing and wild and sweet journey of me learning how to see myself the way that God sees me and then therefore not being able to help but see other people the way God sees other people mm. and like um the like Paul says in Acts 20:24 20, he says my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus and that is the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And so I wanted to tell him anywhere and everywhere possible. And whether that be the hallways of my school, that be in the grocery store, that be at the gas station, that be in my home. And then I just began to think and dream. And I was like, why not social media? And so I changed my Instagram name from Emma May J 99 to first Corinthians 13 love because I wanted, I realized it's no longer I who live, but love himself who lives in me. And even if it's on a screen to come see pictures and captions, I don't want people to come and see me. I ultimately want them to see him. And and then I started to make YouTube videos because why not go and use that? Because he's given us a voice to make his voice known. And now just getting to write this devotional book, All Caps You, it's really sweet how God is such a like full circle type of God because he met me through a devotional book mm-hmm. while I was crying on my bed as a 14-year-old. And I, at that time, I didn't think I'm going to go write a devotional book for someone else. Like I didn't have that dream on my heart till I was 17. Um, and I didn't even know it was going to be a devotional book then. I just knew God wanted me to write something. <laughs> but I'm just so excited because his love doesn't end with us, but it continues with us. And that's what I pray that this book is. That's what I pray that my life is, is just a continuation and a testament of his love that truly does cast out all fear, that truly does bring rest to the soul and truly does bring freedom. Mm. Uh, Amen. 
That's wonderful. I'm so blessed even just hearing about the the safety and love that you said, you know, you felt with your parents. And and I saw in some of your writing just the the warmth that you refer to your parents, both your parents, your father and your mother with, which is so wonderful. And I think not to be taken for granted, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I also had, I'm also really thankful for the warmth and safety that my parents raised me with. What what would you say, even sort of right off the bat, as your relationship with God, I think it sounds like has been kind of like fostered within this really safe, loving space. Um, but for a lot of people that that hasn't been right. And, and it's almost like it's it's like a hurdle to get over their relationships with their fathers. Um what would be some of you, maybe maybe your, your thoughts right off the bat to someone who's like, look, I'm on board maybe with Jesus, but my parents are like kind of poisoned the well, you know what I mean? Well, well, it's very real. And um, I think it's healthy to process through that. I think to simply like, I, whenever you said that, I automatically thought of Proverbs 25 verse 20, because it says singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. And so like to hear that, to hear that um, you're wanting to walk in a relationship with Jesus, you're wanting to live out your faith, um, but either your parents don't agree or your parents have um, just allowed um, the visual of what a father looks like to be displayed in a negative way um, or allowed love to be displayed in a negative way to you. That, that, that's real. And so I can't just respond to that and say, Oh, you know, everything's going to be fine. Just smile that move on. Like that, that's, that's not how we can respond to those things. And that's not how you, whoever's listening should respond to that. Like that's something real that, um, the Lord wants to bring healing to, um, that the Lord wants to, in his perfect timing, um, open your heart to forgiveness towards your parents, um, because God can do that because he's just so good. I also know that, um, from Psalm 34, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the Christian spirit. And so the Lord isn't expecting you to come to him with everything put together, with you seeing him in the perfect light. He knows that he knows your life. Psalm 139, like he has been with you, hemmed you in both behind and before. He sees you fully and he still loves you fully. And he wants to bring freedom to every aspect of your life. And so I think something really powerful is to just be honest with the Lord, um, to pour your heart out to him and let him know where you are. Let him know the things in your life that have caused you to perceive um, negative views of who he is that isn't true. Um, And also something really sweet, too, is who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, are you surrounding yourself? Like, it may not be your parents in this case, but are you, do you have at least one person in your life who loves the Lord and who is running the race and um, who loves you well and um, can encourage you in truth that can walk alongside you um, as you are learning to take steps forward? Um, People are such a blessing and we weren't made to do life alone. So, those are just off, the, truly off the top of my head. Those are um, the two things that come is that the Lord isn't expecting you to have it all together because he knows your story. He just wants to hold you all together. So come to him honestly, knowing that it's okay to process through those things and take an inventory over who you're spending um, time with. Who um, who do you have in your life that it may not be your parents, but is there someone in your life who is encouraging you in the faith? Because, man, that's that's a blessing. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Woe to the person who falls and has no one to pick them up. It's a blessing when we do life together. Amen. I really like that the honesty that you that you encourage people to, to embrace. Uh, and, and I like the, the honesty that you deal with with your own story. Um, in here, I had to smile. um on the very first reading the first and i'll explain why this is meaningful to me 
because those of you who are listening, obviously, can't see our faces. Uh, but you said right off the bat, one of the negative messages that you receive from people is regarding your eyebrows. And I almost fell over because I have been made fun of for my eyebrows. Like... In high school, see, right now you can't really tell, probably because uh, my wife trims them, but when I was in high school and in grade school, I got called devil boy, I got called Satan, because I had these, like, really pointy eyebrows. (laughs) Oh my goodness! And I don't know that I've ever actually heard anybody else talk about eyebrow bullying before you. <laughs> and it's real. It's so real. <laughs> it is real. You're not alone, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you have stellar eyebrows. Thank you. I'm quite proud of my eyebrows, but it has taken me a process to fall in love with them. Yeah. Because of the hurtful things that were said. <laughs> I mean, I remember getting in fistfights because I went to a boys high school. And so I remember getting into fights with dudes for making fun of me for my eyebrows. Um, oh, yeah. my goodness. Words are powerful. Yeah, they are. So, anyway, eyebrows are not the point. But I just, I was really touched by that because I was like, <laughs> yeah, also I'm pretty short. And so, you know, it's a kind of a whole package deal. But anyway, <laughs> I, I really I, re- I really love the the honesty that you bring to your own story and that you bring your story to the page. You're like, okay, so here are the things that people say about me. Here are the hurtful details that that I have to get God's perspective on. When, when did you learn kind of that, the necessity of that? Well, so I love this. <laughs> so, um... After, just kind of a continuation of after I, that night when I was 14 and I just decided that I was going to um, live for the Lord and receive His love and grace in a way I never had known before and um, just wanted to live with Him and for Him and because of Him. (laughs) Everything was about Him as He became greater and I became less. I began to, every morning, spend time in His Word. And I would write his word down on note cards and I'm sitting in my room right now and they're still here. Like just and put them on my doors and put them on my lamps and put them on my mirrors and put them on my walls, just putting his word everywhere. And I, and I'm still doing that today. But at that point, I did that for about two years before a lot of bullying started happening. Like Mm. online bullying began to take place. And I say all that to say I was able to, of course, like, again, just like we said, words hurt. And there were times that I looked in the mirror and just began to cry because the words of people would run through my mind about my physical appearance and my faith and um, just who I am as a person and the sound of my voice. And I mean, just everything. And so, like, I'm not saying that to say that words aren't hurtful and that there has been a process of learning how to um, just receive the the comfort of the Lord in those times. But because I knew who God says I was, because I knew what God said about my life, what God said about himself, whenever people came and told me otherwise, I, I was able to replace it with truth because I knew truth. Mm-hmm. If we don't know truth, then lies are going to appear true. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so... It was so sweet getting to like see like people would come and attack my beauty. And I would be able to just sit with the Lord and say, but God, you say from Genesis one twenty seven that I am made in your image. You say in Psalm 139.14 that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Whenever people would tell me that I was brainwashed and I had a mental illness because of the way I lived out my faith, I would then go to second. But Second Corinthians 10, or I think 5, Paul says that if we're out of our minds, it's for the glory of the Lord. And so <laughs> to people, it's going to seem like we're crazy. Jesus said in John 15 that if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. Mm-hmm. Like, we are called to live all in all caps. <laughs> all caps you. The Lord says in Proverbs 28, 1, that the righteous are as 
bold as the lion. Like we are called to be the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And when you're in the light, when you're a light in the darkness, the darkness can't help but take notice. And so whenever I began to receive comments from every end of the spectrum, positive and negative, those things did not define me because I had already chosen to rest in the actual thing that did. And so I say that not only like as a testament of how like I'm so excited right now because the word of God is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And whenever you fill yourself with his word, whenever hard times come and you're pressed on all sides, what you've been filling yourself with is what's going to come out. And so if you've been filling yourself with the lies of the enemy, when you've been filling yourself with negativity and discouragement and tons of different things that aren't from God, well, anger, well, like whenever those negative moments come, when people tell you everything you're not, the anger and the bitterness and the agreement to the negativity is going to come out. But if you have already chosen to believe that I am a child of the King, I am loved by God, called to love people. I have been made for such a time as this. (laughs) I have been called to live a life that is abundant by the Lord. Well, then whenever people come and tell me all the names that I'm not, I'm not only able to speak truth over my own life, but I'm also able to speak truth over the very people who are telling me what I'm not. Mm -hmm. Because people who call you names, they themselves don't know their name. They themselves have been hurt. They themselves don't know how loved they are. And Jesus said that truly you've been told to love those who love you back. And anybody can do that. But Jesus said, very truly, I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you and bless those who curse you. Well, I, it's kind of hard to do that when I myself am not loving who God has called me to be. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not receiving God's blessings over my own life. Come when on. I'm choosing to see myself the way God sees me, well, then it makes it a lot. Of course, it's not easy, but it's more of a, like, it's, you've trained, you've allowed the Lord to renew your mind so that you're, you're ready to bless people. You're ready to love people. And, and so I just think being in the word is so powerful because it not only um, will dictate how you view yourself, but it will even lead to um, how you view others, even the very people that are hating you. Mm-hmm. MMA Jenkins strategy for dealing with YouTube trolls, pray for them and love them. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You talked about, you know, when we go through those hard times, whether it's from abuse or whatever, uh, and and others uh, bullying pressed on all sides. I mean, a lot of us are feeling that right now in this isolation space. What's what's bringing you life like right now? Oh, (laughs) well, I so I normally would be a student at college right now in Virginia But my home is in Arkansas, and because of everything that's going on, I packed up my dorm room and drove 15 hours back home. And so I am currently back home with my family, and it is so sweet getting to just have extra time with my family, have a kitchen, (laughs) and be in in my old bed, and just sweet little things like that make me smile. and getting to walk around in my PJs while also getting schoolwork done. I painted my toenails the other day while also being in philosophy class, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like, it's sweet been finding to be finding those things. And also, um, just I've been asking the Lord a lot to just fill this time. Um, as I've been praying for our world and for our government and for healing and for people who are going through this unique time that we're going through. I've also been praying that he would just fill this time that I have. That's just extra time. And with that, I've just been in his word more and, um, getting to read more and getting to work on more YouTube videos, which is so fun. Um, my boyfriend actually lives three minutes away and our families are very close. And so, um, of course with precaution, um, that's been a blessing that 
going home from college didn't mean having to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And so having getting to have sweet times with him, it's just been it's been sweet. Um the Lord, he gives joy that is strong and um being his child of the light, it enables you to see <laughs> different opportunities to be joyful in a time that to the world it doesn't make sense to smile. And so that's really what these last three weeks have been. It's like finding joy in the little things and just intentionally being grateful. Um, because, cause man, like difficult times are going to come. It's, it's a guarantee. Jesus said in John 16, 33, that in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He says, and life is too short to get wrapped up in the chaos and, um, to get caught up in the panic. But, to rest in the fact that he is our peace in the panic and we can even be a vessel of his peace to others in the panic. Um, it makes me grateful. Mm. That's wonderful. Do you do do, with your YouTube, do you do everything yourself or do you have folks who do bits and pieces? Do you do all your own editing? Um, so I will record the video and then my boyfriend actually is so, oh my goodness, he's such a gift. <laughs> he's so um, like educated and skilled in the videography editing area. And so um, I will then take my video to him and he will um, edit it and add cool music to it and <laughs> make it look a little bit more professional for me. <laughs> But before I met him, he was like, so how do you edit your videos? And I was like, um, I don't, I don't. <laughs> mm. And so, um, he, he's been such a blessing from the Lord to help me steward this platform even more so to reach more people. And so he helps me with all of that. <laughs> That's great. How do you, how do you deal with like, kind of like the hustle of YouTube and Instagram and, and I got more likes on this or less likes. Like, like I, I find it such a, Okay, obviously there's such wonderful mediums to reach people who would, would could never have heard the message of hope that you're bringing. And I mean, I, I hear all the time from people like, there's no one in my community saying what you're saying. If it wasn't for the internet, I wouldn't have this. So they're wonderful platforms. But man, that like... That downside, the whole influence kind of thing. How do how do you keep your heart in the right place? Well, well, for starters, great, great question. Um, because I think something that my dad told me one time that I just have never forgotten is the statement that we were made to worship. We were not made to be worshipped. Mm. And I think that we'll see um, people on high platforms, celebrities, like we'll see them go skyrocketing and they're like doing great. And then it's like, where'd they go? Mm. It's like, like, where, like what happened to them? And I think that 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 happens in our world because people will have this mentality that they actually were made to be worshipped and they will receive everything that people tell them because they think that that's like what they're supposed to do. And it's easy to think that, okay, well, if people tell me that I'm beautiful and I'm doing a good job, then I'm beautiful and I'm doing a good job. And then if people tell me that, um, I need to pick it up or I'm not doing good enough or I sounded not so good, then that must be the case. And I just need to step up my game. And it's very exhausting because people are fickle Mm -hmm. and we were not made to live in fear of what people think it's actually a trap, but in fearing the Lord, there is safety in resting in the truth of who God says that we are, there is safety. And so I think resting in that simple statement, I was made to worship. I was not made to be worshiped. It's actually very freeing because I'm able to see the comments. Like for example, I was doing a live one time on Instagram from um, my Arkansas bedroom, just and people from all over the world were tuning in And I had someone comment, you are so hideous. And about two comments later, someone said, you are so beautiful. (laughs) And I I kind of laughed inside myself. I didn't acknowledge it or anything on live, but I I laughed inside myself because I was like, how exhausting Mm. would that be if we actually believed that we were who people said we were? (laughs) Mm. I think that it's, 
I think that there's actually a lot more strength and a lot more steadiness to go and find out who I am by the one who made me. Mm-hmm. And realizing that whenever I receive negative comments, I'm going to take it to the Lord. And whenever I see receive positive comments, I'm going to take it to the Lord because he was the one who was made to be worshipped. And Jesus came to handle all the comments so that I could simply rest in the truth of who he says that I am and speak life into people no matter what their comments are. But that frees me from feeling as though I have to take on the load of what people are saying. Mm, That's good. Thank you. I will take some of that to heart for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's it's daily. It's daily. Yeah. Truly. That I mean, I think something really cool is whenever Paul talks in um, Philippians 4, and he says that I know what it is to have plenty, and I know what it is to be in need, but I've learned the secret of being content, and that is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I think whenever you look at that through what people are saying on social media and um, just all the different advice and comments that people are giving um, who you haven't met before, um, I think something that you can connect this to is that I know what it is to be told I'm beautiful (laughs) and I know what it is to be told I'm ugly, Mm -hmm. but I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being confident. I've learned the secret of just keeping steady. And that is that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, through Christ who tells me who I am, through Christ who keeps me steady, through Christ who is my confidence, through Christ who first loves me and then compels me to love other people no matter what they're telling me. Mm. Yes, indeed. So good, Emma. This is fun. (laughs) This is fun. I'm encouraged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you have a favorite um do you have a favorite reading from the devotional or anything that that you, you just sticks out to you that you'd want to highlight today Ooh, well man that's actually really hard <laughs> you, the more you get to know me you realize that it is very hard for me to um decide sometimes <laughs> um now is now let me ask you a question do you find it hard to decide because I find t- people tend to fall into two categories or three. One, they find it hard to decide because they're scared of making like a, a mistake in terms of like a wrong choice. Two would be they're scared of maybe disappointing people. But the third option is like the most fun because basically it's just like if I make one choice, that means I can't choose 25 other things. And I just don't <laughs> want to be told I'm only allowed to choose one. I want to choose everything. Uh, <laughs> so which category are you? Wow, we I love that so much. To be so honest with you, I think that it depends on the question. Mm. I think um that there are some times where it's like I I just there's so many good options like when it comes to food, like mm. <laughs> there's so many good options right now. I don't know which one to pick. Um but then that's something that the Lord is actually has he has me on a journey right now of like learning to walk in as we're talking about all this is just sweet. He's teaching me how to um, be confident in who he's made me to be, even whenever it comes to making decisions. And so I don't know, do you know Enneagram? Yes, that was in the back of my head. That's what I was asking you. (laughs) Yes. So I am a nine wing one. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so the peacemaker and perfectionist, which like learning about the Enneagram has brought a lot of clarity to my story, (laughs) which has been cool. Um, But that's something that the Lord has been teaching me is how to be a peacemaker Mm -hmm. rather than a peacekeeper. And I think sometimes it's hard for me to make a decision because I don't want to create conflict and Mm -hmm. I don't want to um, make certain people unhappy or um, I don't want to mess up and therefore have someone think less of me and all of those things should not be the motives towards me making a decision. But those are things that the Lord is currently pruning. Like Mm. in John 15, where he says, Jesus says, my father's the gardener and I'm the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. And so I'm going to prune away what is no longer bearing fruit in you so that more fruit can be bared. And 
that's an area of my life that he's been pruning is, Emma, I want you to make decisions out of confidence and joy and cheer in me, not out of fear of what people will think of you or fear of creating um, conflict by what you speak, even if it comes to a movie, like me picking a movie. <laughs> and so I think to answer your question, it honestly depends, but that is something that the Lord is teaching me um, is to be confident in my decisions um, like, and not be afraid of what people will think. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yes, of course. <laughs> Which means that in order to walk out your healing, you now need to confidently choose an answer to my first question, <laughs> which is which which one are you going to highlight for us today? That's right. Okay, I think today I'm going to highlight um, the Garden of Thoughts. It is so good. I believe it is chapter. Um, it is. It's on page one twenty one, but it's all about how we have complete control over what we plant in our thoughts. Basically, we have complete control over what we think about, and it based off of the verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And something that like I have learned by reading other books and talking with other people and just in my own time with the Lord is that God would not tell us to take captive every thought if he did not give us the power to do so. Also, he would not tell us to demolish arguments and pretensions that are against himself if we didn't have thoughts that were against himself. Mm. And this is just a side nugget. I don't even know if I wrote about this in the book, but I think sometimes I would, I'm just being very vulnerable with you today, Jonathan. I think sometimes I would, um, be very hard on myself. And this is something I'm still learning that I'd be very hard on myself for even having a negative thought because I thought I I'm not supposed to like that, that like I'm, I'm, and so because I'm not supposed to have a negative thought, it would become a much bigger deal than what it actually was because I didn't know how to handle it um, because I thought I wasn't supposed to have it in the first place. And so, I mean, that's where shame comes in, right? It, oh, absolutely shame and guilt. And almost I would get afraid of my own thoughts mm. as though I didn't have control of them. And so that, that, I mean, every chapter in this book comes from a place of, not from a place of arrival, but from a place of experience with the Lord. Like he's asking me to teach what I'm learning and, um, which is very humbling and sweet that we get to go on the journey together. Um, but that has brought so much freedom to me is expecting flaming arrows of the evil one, expecting negative thoughts that don't agree with God, understanding that I am human and I am flesh. And so I am going to have thoughts that, that don't agree with truth. Um, and so almost whenever I'm expecting it, I'm not like afraid of it anymore. And I'm able to walk in confidence of, wait, I know truth. And I am able to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by the transforming of my mind, by taking this thought, realizing that I have a choice. I have a choice to either let this thought go to where is way extreme, does it need to go, or I, I can take this thought captive, replace it with truth, and move on. And um, and so that's been so sweet and freeing for me. And so that's a kind of just a snippet of this chapter that like we will have different weeds in our minds. We will have different flowers in our mind. But when we realize that we are actually the gardener of our mind, we get to decide what weed is pulled, what flowers are planted. It it brings so much excitement. And it says in Romans 8 that whenever the, our mind is governed by the flesh, it brings death. Like It's going to bring despair. It's going to bring um, things that are not of the Lord. It's going to bring deceit. But whenever our minds are governed by the Spirit, it brings life and peace. And so daily, honestly, not even daily, moment by moment, choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus and ask the Lord to just lead me in my thoughts today. I'm not going to do it perfectly, but I ask that one of my prayers is that may my, my thoughts be a garden of your word. And may I be resting in your word in such a way that whenever thoughts that are not from you come into my mind, may my reaction be your word. Mm -hmm. Because truly, whenever I replace 
whenever I replace negative thoughts with his word, that, that will begin to build and grow stronger. And, um, and it's just, it's very exciting and very sweet. And it's something that the Lord is actually like currently taking me deeper in, um, teaching me how to walk with a mindset free. And so I'm really excited about that chapter and I pray that it blesses somebody. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it will. One of the, thanks for sharing that. One of the pictures and analogies that's been really helpful for me in that journey of taking my thoughts captive and and not and dealing with the shame of like oh my god why have i got this thought in the first place uh was a picture of cars so it's like i am standing on the side of a road and all of these thoughts that flit through my mind are like cars and i get to choose which one of those cars i get in mm. There are some that are just going to flit on by, and I'm not going to entertain them. Uh, I'm not going to get in them. I'm not going to drive with them to wherever they're going. But there are others that I recognize as heading to good places that I have the authority to choose to get in, just as I have the authority to not get in any of those others. And like you're saying, with continually filling your your mind and and thanksgiving and and gratitude and all that it's like you know if somebody asks you to go and count all the red cars or you know how many buicks are are out on the street you're going to notice more red cars you're going to start seeing them everywhere right like it's going to suddenly seem like man everybody drives red cars these days when i bought when i bought a, a kia sorento suv i was like flip this is a popular car they're everywhere well there they were no more everywhere than they had been before but i was just looking for them and so, you know, when we train ourselves towards gratitude and thanksgiving, and, and you talk here about choosing which flowers are planted in our garden, um, then we start to notice them. And we start to see, I think, more of those cars in our mind, those thought cars, more positive, more frequently, rather than the diabolical ones. That was helpful for me, the idea that I get to choose which one I get in. Uh, and I don't have to feel responsible for all those thoughts that are there, but I get to choose which ones I entertain. That is so good. Jonathan, I'm so encouraged. (laughs) I love you. That is beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad. (laughs) Emma, would you, I I, I just, I feel so thankful for this time. Um, I want everyone to go and check the show notes and and order a copy of, of your book, All Caps You. It comes out very soon. Would you pray for us? I would love to. Yes. Dear God, I boldly approach your throne and am so thankful because better is one day in your presence than a thousand days anywhere else. And so I'm just thankful for you and that we get to be with you and never do you leave us and never do you forsake us. And I thank you for Jonathan Puddle and I thank you for conversations that are so life-giving and refreshing and for how you reveal your heart through them, God. And I thank you so much for this book, All Caps You. And I thank you for um, just how you have revealed your heart through that book as well, God. And I pray that you would use it um, as a tool to lead people to yourself. Um, God, I thank you so much for everyone who is listening to this podcast. I pray that they know that they are personally seen by you, that you notice them, that your thoughts about them, God, outnumber the grains of sand and that you care about them and you love them unconditionally, that you demonstrated your perfect love for them and that while they were still sinners, Christ died for them and rose for them so that they may live in you forever. Um, God, I thank you so much for um, the joy of today and that this is the day that you have made so that we may rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you for all that you're teaching us. I pray that you would give us hearts that are focused on you um, so that we may be a reflection of you to everyone that we encounter today. God, we praise you and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And that was Emma Mae Jenkins. Wasn't she wonderful? You can go and check out her book, All Caps You. Uh, you'll find it linked in the show notes. Also, if you go to my Amazon shop, amazon.com slash shop slash Jonathan Puddle or amazon.ca, the same. Uh, you'll find this book and all the other books and resources that I've uh, talked about recently or had on the show 
If you want to support me and the work that I'm doing, I would sure appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash Jonathan Puddle. Uh, this podcast is listener supported. I don't take any advertising and I do not get paid for interviewing these people. But uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be doing this work to be an encouragement to all of you. So please consider joining my Patreon for $3 a month or more. And make sure you're following me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Jonathan Puddle. You can also go follow Emma Mae Jenkins as well. Of course, she is linked in the show notes. And uh, if you have young, if you have like young adult kids or, or teens in your life or you're in youth ministry, I definitely recommend you check her out. She is really, really wonderful, as you could hear from this interview. She's full of biblical wisdom, and I've been really impressed by everything that I've seen and learned from her. So once we're all allowed to travel in person again, uh, you should go and check her out because she is regularly speaking at events. Anyway, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you again next week on the podcast.